Everyone knows rock is dead, right? I mean, look at the mainstream charts. It's nothing but rap, R&B, more rap. Where's the rock? Well, not so fast, plugged in show listeners, not so fast. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of the Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. You know, it's true, the genre born in the 1950s just doesn't dominate the cultural awareness, maybe like it once did. But if we dig a bit deeper, we'll find a rock scene that's alive and well. Some of those bands have some pretty big issues, as has always been the case with rock and roll. There's no shortage of anger, alienation, and nihilism to navigate, but that's going to be another podcast for another time. This week, we're going to take a look and a listen to three rock bands that have some pretty interesting things to say. One of those bands is Skillet, arguably the biggest and among the most successful Christian rock acts ever. And speaking of Skillet, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I recently had a chance to spend some time with John Cooper, Skillet's passionate frontman, Stick around and you'll hear some of that conversation in our second segment. You won't want to miss it. I guarantee it. But before we hear what John has to say about helping kids navigate the realm of popular music today, we're going to spend some time talking through recent releases from Switchfoot, Imagine Dragons, and the brand new single from Skillet. Joining me for our conversation today and for our pulse-pounding culture countdown at the end of the show are Bob Hoos and Jonathan McKee. So, before we talk about rock, quick question. What is your favorite rock song of all time and why? Ooh, ooh, that's easy. I didn't even have to think about it. Still Loving You by The Scorpions. Oh, wow. Okay, and why? Well, first of all, the lyrics are actually really good. It's about someone who really wants to humble himself and get rid of the pride and work it out. And uh, But it just, as a rock song, it is one of those ones you just want to turn up. If, if you don't know the song... Literally yeah. grab it on Spotify right now and turn it up. And it's I, it's amazing vocals, amazing guitar, amazing lyrics. All right, and I will resist my extraordinarily strong urge to sing the song because frankly, I know we want to do it, don't we? Nobody's paying me for that. <laughs> Bob, what about you? Well, and see, that's the thing for me. I'm all pop all the time, so I don't really have any rock favorites. Well, how I, close I, can you get? Something with a guitar, <laughs> maybe? Yeah, right, something. Right, uh, something from the Beatles era. Oh, Beatles you know, era. Back, back when, you, when you they were considered rock. Wow. So anything anything Beatles no, is, no. is on my chart. I'm not going to let you off the hook at that. You need to pick oh, one. Come on. What's your favorite Beatles song? I love it. Um, <laughs> you know, we could be here all afternoon as I think through the catalog of things that... Uh, uh, that I like. Do you need me uh, to Beatles. start naming them? <laughs> no, Yellow I, Submarine. No, no. I, Lucy I'll, in the Sky with no, Diamonds, maybe. Well, okay, fine. Yeah, <laughs> fine. I'll, I'll say. I'll say. Um, um, something. Something. Yeah. The song something. Yeah. You're it's, not just saying something as it's a, not even. I mean, I wouldn't even classify that as rock. But if you want to just throw it in there, something. Okay. Well, that's a deep cut because I've never even heard of that song. So you've never heard of something? I don't think so. If I have. There's it's something the off in my brain because I don't remember it. By George Harrison and the Beatles, something. Yeah. Yes, I'm looking at the lyrics right now. All right. No, I'm Some... not doubting that the song's existence. <laughs> I mean, it's but... a beautiful song. Okay. Beautiful song. Well, see, now you've given me something to look up. Wah, Indeed. Wah, wah. Indeed. That's Bob. I love it, man. You stretched us. Well, I didn't know it either. You guys know where I'm probably going because I'm extraordinarily predictable. Uh, I, my favorite rock song 
And probably my favorite song of all time is Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Now I knew you were going to do Bon Jovi. I know. I knew I know. It. Well, I, you know, there are a couple others I could have done, but but that's the one that it sort of accidentally has a very positive spiritual message about, you know, praying every moment without ceasing and, and whatnot. No, it's just, uh, you know, Bon Jovi often gets compared to Bruce Springsteen as a wannabe Bruce Springsteen light and not a very good one at that. But I love the idea of this desperate couple just trying to make it through. And each day they struggle and they're living on a prayer. So anyway, that was fun. I think it was a, a fun intro for what we're going to talk about today. And speaking of that, we're going to be doing something a little bit different today. Normally, I'm the guy asking the questions because, well, everybody on my team will tell you I'm a total control freak. So I don't uh, yield that responsibility lightly. But this <laughs> week, I have had a chance to listen and review the three bands that I mentioned in the intro, Switchfoot, Skillet, and Imagine Dragons. So I am going to hand the proverbial host mic over to Mr. Bob Hoos at this point to ask me about those bands. And Jonathan, I invite you to uh, jump in on our conversation as we go to. Absolutely. Mr. Non-Rock gets the golden Mr. microphone. Mr. Non-Rock, he's throwing <laughs> Beatles songs at me I've never heard of before. <laughs> what album is it on? Abbey Road. Abbey Road, of I, course. Sh- I, you know, one of their best. Uh, what kind of pop culture reviewer am I that I have never actually listened to Abbey Road end to end? You really haven't? No, Bob's face just fell off oh his my face in horror. <laughs> so I guess I have my homework. Okay, well let's get let's get to yeah these yeah, yeah let's here. jump in here, let's, here we go let's here jump go. in Let, let's start talking about Switchfoot. Yeah. Okay, now uh, as I understand it, as I said, I'm not a rock expert, but as I understand it, Switchfoot was a uh, was a, a huge name like back in 2004. Yeah. And it had a lot, a lot of really big hits and everything like that. But um, it, I mean, if you haven't followed the band since 2004, um, you might be surprised that they're still recording 15 years later. Yeah. Right? Yep. So the group, um, what, what kinds of themes are they dealing with in their new album? They've just come out with a new album called Interobang. Interobang. What a great album title. And mm. and I didn't know it. I thought it was a made up word, but it actually is a real word for an exclamation point and a question mark at the same time. And it's, Ooh. I know, oh, right? That's I what mean, that's called. Okay. We're all, everybody has now got one more killer Scrabble word that's in right. their repertoire. <laughs> Interobang. Because somebody will say, that's not a real word. And you'll be like, yes, it is. No. Okay. So tell me, what kinds of themes are they dealing with in this new album? Yep. Uh, both positive and negative. Yeah. And are there any issues that, well, might be problematic for parents, families? That's a great question, Bob. So I think Interobang is a great title for this album because they're reflecting on the madness of the last year and a half. Hmm. Um, And if you know anything about where Switchfoot has been in the last 15 years, they've released a whole bunch of of albums. They had one called Hello Hurricane, another one called Vice Versus, another great title. Um, And they are not afraid to really tell the truth about how hard... Uh, real life can be and trying to make sense of what seems like a gap between what we believe and what's really going on in the real world. Hmm. And so Interobang really is at its essence kind of a plea to let's lay down our tribal warfare and the accusations and the reflecting on just the cultural divisions amid the pandemic and learn to listen to each other. And so what I loved about this album 
is that it's a call to unity. It's a call to relationship and, uh, and they don't pull any punches. It has a very prophetic feel to it, uh, in that sense. And then there are a couple songs that reflect on, um, just the reality that marriage can be hard over the long haul. Hmm. Um, and so that call back to, um, are we going to make it through? Are we really committed to each other? Uh, and so I, again, I, there's a reality here in terms of the kind of Christian art that they're making. These are guys whose faith informs what they're doing at a really deep level, but it doesn't sound like sort of, you know, prepackaged Christian cliches. Right. Right. Do you think listeners would apply that or could apply that to even some of the political unrest that we're dealing with? Oh yeah, I definitely think so. And I think that they definitely had that sort of thing in mind um, as they talk about this in the song, If I Were You, for example, they say, because we bicker over Listerine with Twitter as our liturgy. What a crummy legacy, 2020 enemies. If I were you and you were me, we would still be doomed to disagree. Yeah, but what if me and you were in each other's shoes? Could we break through to something different? Hmm. And so I think there's an acknowledgement that we really ha- can be at each other's throats, but we can take a step back and, and relate as human beings. That's very interesting. Okay, so let's talk about another group, um, Imagine Dragons. Uh, there's one, this is another one of those groups that has had some vaguely spiritual imagery in their in their music in the past and they're sure and they've got sure. a new album out um called mercury act one so tell us a little bit about that one yeah this is another band um of guys that i think are not your typical rock stars uh dan reynolds their lead singer has talked about coming out of a mormon background um and at times on this album he talks about being faithless. And so you, I think one of the themes here is, is my faith good enough hmm. to deal with the real world? Now, obviously we're talking about a different faith, but it's clear that he has had some questions. And this is an album that I don't know that these guys are like technically at midlife, but it feels a little bit like a midlife crisis. Hmm. Uh, there has been somebody who has died of cancer. And so one song talks about chemotherapy talks about death. Another song reflects on somebody's life and the fact that they've clearly died. And it's hard to even tell whether he's talking about a parent or perhaps a spouse, but it's clear that these events have absolutely rocked him. Um, And those sort of things show up in the lyrics. My mind is a place that I can't escape your ghost. We hear on the song Wrecked. Um, and I think in terms of content here, we've got more content definitely than Switchfoot. There are multiple references to substance abuse, to looking to get either high or drunk just to get out of the moment. The song Giant says, take a hit of anything to escape it all. I'm suffocating a sharpened blade of reality. Sometimes I want to hurt me. Hmm. Um, that's probably as gritty as it gets, you know, maybe this implication of self-harm. Um, I don't think that he's really glorifying these things, but definitely that's the kind of content we're dealing with here. Uh, as we hear from somebody who's trying to make sense of really difficult things. Do you think that's um, something that would keep kids from or should keep kids from listening to this sort of thing? I, You know, I don't know how many kids these days are really into rock. Yeah. But 
is that one of those elements that you think a parent might go, hmm, let me consider this? You know, we have the old phrase, parental discretion advised. Yeah. I think that applies here. Uh, and not that it's naughty. You know, when you used to see that on a movie, you knew that it was going to have sure. nasty stuff in it. But I think that some of those kinds of lyrics are navigable because there's an honesty and a rawness here. But I also think I wouldn't want my kids ingesting those sorts of messages without guidance and conversation and probably not younger ones. I think older teens actually might really connect with this because, as you know, one of the big values in our culture right now is authenticity. And this thing is authentic to a fault. Like I hear some things about these struggles that I'm like, wow, I'm not sure I wanted to go quite that deeply. Yeah. And I think that's good that you're saying this is worth some conversation because, you know, we don't want to be in a place where we're always the gatekeeper of this is okay. This isn't. As a matter of fact, what we would love to do as parents is as our kids grow and mature, we'd love them to start developing discernment and to be able to look at, you know, lyrics like this and say, wow, this guy sounds like he's struggling. And that might be a good conversation as opposed to just saying he mentions drugs. We can't talk about that. I mean, these are real life issues and they're great conversation points to engage our kids in meaningful conversation about stuff that matters. Well, and I think I would make a distinction, Jonathan, between lyrics that either make light of or glorify bad decisions and lyrics that are dealing with somebody that's really grappling with these issues at a pretty deep level. So I don't think you listen to these and think that the choices he's making are good choices that you want to go out and and imitate. I think what Mm -hmm. we get is somebody who is saying, I'm so broken that there've been times where I haven't resisted this temptation. Uh, And so there's some good stuff here, but definitely some mature stuff to work through as well. Okay. So let's move on to uh, Skillet's new album. It's coming out in November. I know we just reviewed just recently a a single that just came out not too long ago, uh, Surviving the Game. Isn't that it? That is it. And uh, so in this new album, are Skillet fans and parents, uh, are they going to really dig this one? I think so. Uh, this first song is incredible. And uh, if you know anything about John Cooper, he is a passionate, incredibly passionate guy. And we're going to hear from him in just a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. And he's really interested in talking about what's happening in culture right now from the perspective of Christians who are not going to just be swept away and bow down to the prevailing mainstream ideology. Uh, that is really one of the core messages on this song and on this album. And so, for example, we hear things like fighting for my focus, give the pain a purpose, light the fire inside, feel it come alive. Um, and skillet songs typically have really brief allusions to the faith kind of woven in So he talks about fighting against hell. He talks about being more than a conqueror. If you go looking for sort of a a clear, absolutely clear shout out to Jesus, you may or may not find them. And there's not one in this song. But I think what this song really encourages us to do is not to just roll over and die, Mm -hmm. but to stand up for what we believe and be willing to sacrifice even if there's a cost that comes with our convictions. And of course, it's hard-hitting skillet style. So this is heavy rock and roll, you know, bordering on metal, uh, even hardcore screamo at certain points. So um, it may not be parents' cups of tea, but <laughs> there may be teens out there that really are into it. Okay, well, thanks, Adam. Thanks for your overview of these three albums. And uh, so now we'll move on. All right, well, thank you, Bob. Well, 
You know, guys, rock music has given parents fits for generations, but I think we really have to take that on a case-by-case basis. And even with these bands that we've looked at today, there are different things that parents may want to navigate. And, And sometimes when we're talking about this genre, we may say, you know what, that's out of bounds. We're not going there. Or we may say, especially with the case of Imagine Dragons, yeah, there's some hard stuff here, but let's listen to it and talk about it. Well, speaking of talking, I recently talked with John Cooper from Skillet about exactly that issue, among others. And let's listen to a portion of that conversation now. Skillet has always been a hard-hitting band. Uh, my 14-year-old, as you know, is a, an enormous fan. Awesome. And that, and that is not diminishing with time. But you have always dealt with... You know, you don't pull any punches when it comes to the issues you're dealing with. You mm. talk about brokenness. You've talked about mental health issues, mm. suicide, addiction, that sort of thing. When you're writing music, how do you balance talking honestly about tough issues with delivering mm. that message for, of hope? What's the what's the calculus look like? There? Yeah, that's. I think that's one of the more difficult things to do, and when you're writing or creating Christian art. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I know somebody out there is going to be like, I hate the term Christian art. I hear you. I don't know what else to say. When you're creating art as a Christian, yeah. you want it to bring glory to God. You want to say something real and authentic because we don't want to be fake. It needs to be genuine. It needs to be authentic. But you also have a responsibility to try your best to glorify Christ and and represent him in a way that is is true. I yeah. find that really hard. Sometimes I'm, I've missed it. Sometimes I look back and I go, I don't know if that was the best way to have said that. Yeah. Maybe there's a better way. So for me, I try to, um, my very best, to try to be as real and authentic as I can. And um, sometimes I've learned it's good if I show my songs to Christian people in my life. Say, how do you experience this? Yeah. Does this seem authentic in a good way right? <laughs> or too much to authentic in a bad way, you know, not recognizing that. But also I will say this, that there also, some people will disagree on it because there is a level of subjectivity to, that comes to that, that um, in my point of view, not every song needs to end in redemption. Right. You know, I'm not, this isn't a Bible study. It's art. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of Psalms that are quite dark. Yeah. Most of the Psalms end though with the but. Right. Don't they, right? Right. But I will not I will not lose hope in you. You are my my right hand. You know all that, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it usually comes back around. I don't think every song has to do that for multiple reasons. One is that that sometimes it does feel disingenuous to do it in a 3-minute song. Right. You're totally broken, but it's all good. Yes. Sometimes it feels disingenuous. That's not what this song is about. Yeah. Other aspects that I think are, are a real benefit to technology is that if somebody hears only one song, because the argument against what I just said would be, but what if that's the only song right. someone hears? These days, people don't only hear one song. You can go on Instagram and find the singer in three minutes, right? Yeah. You can find out everything you'd ever want to know about the band. Yep. You can find this interview where I'm clearly talking about the gospel. So technology, I think, is given a little bit more license to where you don't have to pack everything you'd ever want to say into one song. And I think I kind of like that personally. Yeah. Well, true story. My son got into you in third grade. A friend of his turned 
turned him third on to grade. in third grade. And I grew up, I'm sort of a, I'll call myself a reformed metalhead. We'll go, All right. We'll go, we'll go with that. Is that reformed theology well, or it reformed? Is re- well, both. We're on the same team, I think. Yeah, we are. And, and God knew that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I won't pack it. any more reformed jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he purposed it and planned it. Exactly. I get it. Yes. Um, and uh, my way of dealing with it was, okay, there are a few of these songs that are a little bit on the dark side. Because his mm, grandmother was listening true. one day and she's like, this is really dark. I'm like, well, mm. yeah, that song is, but let's look at it mm. in the entirety of the album. So yes. just a little segue, personally, how I've mm. tried to navigate it in my own family. You um, know, I, I will say this. I'm dealing with that now as we speak because I am realizing because of our um, demographic, mm-hmm. we've been around for so long, we now do have a lot of five, six, eight-year-old fans yeah. because their parents were fans. Right. And I'm dealing with that going, okay, I do want to be authentic. I think this glorifies God. Right. But that is, is that going to be tough for a six-year-old, right. you know? And and we are going through that as we speak, so we're wrestling with it. You know, the music that we gravitate toward as tweens and teens, it's super personal. I think more than mm. any form of entertainment, the angriest letters we get from kids, or emails, not mm. letters, uh, are when we say something negative about their favorite band. Because oh. they identify yes. so oh, personally and so deeply. Um, and mm. those musicians become their heroes. Mm. What counsel would you give to parents as they guide their kids in this area, especially as their kids get older and they're not always crazy about the musical mm. choices their kids are making? Wow. I mean, I remember the bands that I liked. They were absolutely my my heroes. I mean, yeah. you're spending an inordinate uh, amount of time with someone, right? you know, you don't know them, but you have them playing in your earbuds right. in your room alone at night after the fight with your parents, after the breakup, after yeah. the game that you lost at school that hopefully you got a, uh, there were no winners and no losers, but you got some right. sort of trophy for. There, everybody got a trophy. Yeah, I hope. Um, <laughs> but, you're li- <laughs> but you're listening to that and there is a feeling even if this is irrational, there's a feeling that no one understands me except for right. Bono, right. Johnny Cash, whatever Johnny Cash is for the old folks like us. Right. Um, Skillet, yeah, maybe that's on that list. And so there is that sort of uh, hero element that comes in, someone that you look up to. And I'm always very aware of that. So I don't know, for my kids personally, you know, I know what my kids are listening to. There are things I do not want them listening to. And if they're listening... you have two teens, is that right? I do, yeah. um, 18 and 16. Okay. And so if there was something that they're listening to and somebody said something stupid, Mm -hmm. Christian or not, all right? right? You know, I won't use any Christian artists because they're all my peers. I'll use somebody that's not my peer. (laughs) Miley Cyrus goes on and says something ridiculous. Uh, I, I wouldn't let my kids listen to Miley Cyrus, but hypothetically... right. If that were the case, I would explain to them why what that person said was ridiculous. Yeah. And I don't hate her. Right. And I don't, I'm not saying you can never whatever, but I think what they're saying is really misinformed. I think that's not a Christian worldview. I think you need to watch out for when they say things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things recently is like Billie Eilish. There you go. There's a good example. Same great reason. example. Great. Yeah. Billie Eilish is very influential. And, yeah. and there's the whole, what did she say recently about? 
doing whatever feels good. Or she wants to live her life for whatever yeah. feels good or something. I know the quote you're talking about, and that's yeah. basically it. I'm the only thing that matters is doing what feels good. Yeah, that there not, you go. that's not it, but it's close. That's close. Yeah. And so, you know, my daughter is almost 19. I don't tell my daughter what to listen to anymore. Yeah. She's an adult, and but she's with it, and she loves God. Well, my daughter re- reads that and is like, "That's an absurd thing to say." But if she, if my kids were fifteen, right, I would explain why it's not okay, right, and that, and but, but then there are some things I would just be like, "No, you're you're not listening to that. It's just right, absolutely inappropriate." And pop music these days is worse than rock music. Wow. It, there's a lot there that you can come to Plugged In and find out about. Um, yes. That is really problematic. But what I love what you've said, you've said a couple different things. There's a time for us as parents where it is absolutely our responsibility to establish those boundaries. Yes. And as our kids get older, we allow them to make decisions, and maybe we don't always like some of the decisions they're making, but we keep that channel of communication open. Mm-hmm. And I think you talked about talking about ideas as opposed to demonizing the person. Right. And I think it's really easy to say, oh, that's just a bunch of garbage. Well, that may be true, but <laughs> that's probably not the best conversation starter with our kids. Mm, I think that's, you know, uh, I think that's probably right. You know, just listening to what you were talking about mm. there. Well, I'm going to put my fan hat back on. I told you I wanted to circle back. What's up with Skillet? New music, tour. What's up with Skillet? Talk to the fans. Well, we are playing right now. Thank God we're back doing shows, and it is awesome. <laughs> it is so cool to see people back um, standing next to each other singing. Yeah. Uh, it's something that was uh, the first night I saw it, it was hard to explain. I was like, that's quite emotional. I did not expect it to be emotional. It was just like, like yes, this is how human beings are supposed to be, hmm. you know, community all there for a common purpose of of music and having fun. And it was just a great night. Great playing in. We are recording now. And um, we, yeah, my son will be happy for that update. Oh, he is. Yeah. Yes. He's going to get his guitar That's and right. he's going to rock out. He's going to rock out. <laughs> but I, I will say that <clears throat> some of the things that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. that I'm passionate about, that um, some of the feeling of my podcast, Cooper Stuff, the book, I think some of that is coming through on the record in a way that is new, I think fresh and bold, as well as the times we're in sort of, they kind of make it more poignant than it would be without COVID. You know, sometimes a song, like you look at U2 War. Yeah. Some of those songs were, it was was the time of all the things happening in Ireland and all these various things happening in the world. I mean, even at the time of those records, there was still like, uh, there was still apartheid. There was... There were these world things happening, and I think we're in a moment like that again right now with too many things to mention. They don't need to be mentioned. But because we're in some of those same things, all of a sudden you write something that has a new kind of power to it and um, maybe even prophetic kind of nature to it because of you're speaking to the culture. That's what I hope. Well, I love John's passion for the gospel, his wisdom for parents, and of course, the music he makes with his bands. And I hope that our conversation today has encouraged you to think more deeply about how music powerfully influences and shapes the hearts and souls of young people, and how you as a parent, maybe as a grandparent, maybe as somebody involved in a youth group, can also play a part in shaping that aspect of their lives. 
Well, we've come to that part of the show that uh, gets adrenaline pumping and pulses racing. We like to call it Culture Culture Countdown. Countdown. All right. So, Bob, what do you have for us today? On the hot seat. All right. Let me get my handy dandy, my timer ready. You have 30 seconds, for those of you who aren't familiar with this segment, to tell us about a story and culture that has to do with entertainment, technology, faith, youth culture, or any overlap of those things. Are you ready, Bob? Ready. Here we go in three, two, one, go. According to a recent Wall Street Journal article, Facebook has for the last three years been studying how its Instagram photo sharing app uh, affects the mental health of teens. And it's downplaying its findings because it's found that, to a large extent, it's toxic, especially to teen girls. We make body images worse for one in three teen girls, a research document had said. And uh, I should also note that there are like 22 million teens on Instagram. Okay, a little cheap, (laughs) but I will allow it to finish the sentence. Let them keep going. Let them keep going. I want to hear more. All right. Well, thanks for bringing us that. Jonathan, what do you have for us today? Okay. I'm ready when you are. All right. I'm going to count you in. Three, two, one, go. Sure. For my Culture Countdown article this week, I I couldn't help but look at this Digiday article about how Walmart is using interior design to tap into the TikTok Gen Z audience. Because marketers are learning that if you want to reach young people, TikTok is a place to advertise. In this article, we learned that Walmart is doubling down on its TikTok efforts and actually trying to get in front of Gen Z by launching a new TikTok home channel for walls targeting Gen Z as they shop for their first homes, apartments. And yeah, Gen Z isn't just teens and tweens. Jonathan, I, I think you missed your calling. I think you should have been doing like those commercials for lawyers where they talk <laughs> really fast and give you all the terms of the agreement at the end. That's right. Oh, well, I, I love more. that you're talking about TikTok even as our timer is going. It felt it's like ticking a, and a, talking. an apropos yeah, ironic, yes. connection there today. All right. Well, I suppose it's my turn. Bob, will you do the honors? I shall. Three, two, one. Well, we all know with COVID, we have been spending more time on screens than ever before, and it's not like we had screen time under control to begin with. Well, a recent study found that three in 10 adults confess to being constantly online. We may think this is a teen problem, but friends, we need to look in the mirror because it is a problem for adults too, and some of us need to turn our devices off. And frankly, there are days that I'm one of those people, so... Oh, darn. I'm out of time. You were pretty much all complete there. That's good. (laughs) Well, I hope that you enjoyed our culture countdown this week, and you will find links to each of those stories on the blog entry for this week's show if you want to dig more deeply into any of the things that Bob and Jonathan and I had to share in our conversation today. And speaking of conversation, we would like to keep one going with you, too. Who's your favorite rock band and why? What did you think of what John Cooper had to say this week? Let us know on Facebook or Instagram, and you'll find the latter at Plugged In Team. Or just shoot us an email at team at thepluggedinshow.com. Either way, we would love to keep talking with you. And I think our producer Ashley has some feedback for us from a Plugged In fan this week, too. Ashley? Yeah, we're always so excited to hear from our Plugged In fans. So Nancy writes... 
I've turned to you so many times before watching a movie, and I'm so glad I do. You just saved me and my teen daughter from another terrible form of entertainment. I saw a cute-looking movie at a garage sale about mother-teen-daughter stress. I bought it thinking that my 17-year-old daughter and I could have a fun evening. Then I smartly looked to see what you had to say about the movie. Nope. Wasted $2 I'll never see. In the trash it went. I'm not even going to donate it to a thrift store. Thanks, Ashley. We love stories like that, and we really do consider it a privilege to help you sort through everything that's happening out there in popular culture. So as our thanks for being a part of the Plugged In Show family, today for a gift of any amount, we would love to send you a copy of Paul Acey's book, Burning Bush 2.0, How Pop Culture Replaced the Prophet. You'll find a link to order that book in the episode notes for today's show, as well as on the Plugged In blog entry for today's conversation. Or, if you prefer, just give us a call at 800-A-FAMILY. Well, as always, thanks so much for spending some time with us today, and we look forward to connecting with you again next week for another episode of The Plugged In Show. Plugged In.